Hello there, Simon Trevoranis, and happy Canada Day. Happy Canada to you too, Devin Wilkins. How is everybody out there? Doing well, I hope. Uh, maybe you took in the Canada Day Parade. That was fun. I was sitting uh, sideways in a, a van with my seatbelt on, of course, and uh, waving to everybody that uh, was around. So that was fun. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, well, we are definitely going to uh, be displaying the Canada Day theme all through the show today. So how be we start out with the Traveler's Canadian version of This Land is Your Land. This land is your land, this land is my land. From Mona Vista to the Vancouver Island, from the Arctic Circle to the Great Lake Waters, this land was made for you and me. I went walking that ribbon of highway I saw above me that endless skyway I saw below me that golden valley This land was made for you and me This land is your land This land is my land From Bona Vista to the Vancouver Island From the Arctic Circle Boy, how lucky we are, right? Eh? Mm-hmm. That's for sure. When you think of uh, how people in Hong Kong today are protesting and uh, why and uh, stuff going on elsewhere in the world, boy, uh, you know, we, we complain a fair bit, and I guess that's our right, too. I do it myself, but we sure are lucky to live in Canada. 
Yeah, definitely one of the best ones in the world, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, you know, we do have, as people with disabilities, we do have something to celebrate, and uh, that was the passage at the very end of June of the Accessible Canada Act. And one of the people who spearheaded that act was uh, a lady who normally lives in Toronto, but she's summering in the Caribbean, so I thought I should catch her before we, she left. Um, she, uh, her name is Donna Jodhan, and uh, so I did an interview with her about the Accessible Canada Act, and uh, here's that interview. Well, Donna, hello there, and we're recording this uh, ahead of time, but we're playing it on Canada Day, so let me wish you a happy Canada Day. I'm the same to you, Devin. So, I think this is a, a wonderful uh, thing for us to be celebrating uh, this year, uh, but I'm sure people um, are wondering just what the Accessible Canada Act is and what the history of the Act is. Can you sort of fill us in on that? I'll do my best. Um, so, from, you know, in a nutshell, the Accessible Canada Act means that governments, along with those organizations that are federally governed, will now need to adhere to a certain set of rules and regulations, right, that will be, hopefully be good for both them and us in that we would, you know, more barriers would be broken down with regard to employment and, I guess, education or social programs and stuff like that. In addition to which, there are certain penalties set out for if these organizations do not adhere um, to certain rules and regulations. But I will say that that is one of the weaknesses of this act, hopefully to be fixed, is that we don't think the penalties are sufficient enough or strong enough to prevent um, organizations from not fulfilling their mandates. For example, um, I think I forget the term now, but the lowest penalty would be five thousand dollars and ten thousand and fifty thousand. That is really not enough to convince an organization that they ought to follow the rules and regulations of the Accessible Canada Act. That is pocket money to them. If the penalties were a lot higher, it would probably mean a lot more. You know, there, there, it's, a, it's, a, it's a quite a bit to go through as far as what it really is, but the history of this is that early in 2015, um, a bunch of us felt that the time was right to push for a, a barrier-free Canada, and that was the year in which a federal election was going to be held. So. I, along with David Lepofsky and others, decided to start lobbying the federal parties to see whether they would be on board with the promotion of, um, or, you know, uh, 
forget what the word I'm looking for here, but if they would lobby for an Accessible Canada Act, and three of the four federal parties were on board right away, along with the cities of Toronto and Halifax. So we were quite surprised that it, this whole initiative took on so very, very quickly. And as soon as the Liberals took office in October of 2015, um, the Prime Minister shortly after that promised that there would be an Accessible Canada Act. He's lived up to his promise. Minister Qualtroff has worked very, very hard to ensure that this act, you know, is now law. And that is basically the history of it. I mean, a lot of organizations have signed on. A lot of organizations have collaborated together. And, and it's been a lot of hard work on the part of many, many people. And so does this act cover all uh, government, federal government agencies? It does. And the one thing we need to keep in mind, it does not cover provincial agencies or provincial governments. It only applies to federally regulated organizations, departments, and like the banking industry, the telecommunications industry, um, the transportation agency uh, industry. So those are some of the main um, organizations and industries or on the banking industry that this new act will cover. Uh, one of the um, agencies uh, or government departments that, it, that uh, isn't mentioned is Elections Canada. I'm a little disappointed. Should I be? Canada is, it works at arm's length from the government in that, the, you know, that they're sort of federally regulated, but on the other hand, they're, they, you know, like, I don't know how to fully describe what they do, but I will tell you that Elections Canada has, or, or in 2014, took the lead in setting up an advisory group to um, talk about issues of disability and to engage uh, people from the disabilities community um, to work with them to ensure that elections are more accessible. And I know that a lot of people don't think it's accessible enough, but trust me when I tell you that this organization has really, really tried in its own way to make things more accessible. But in a lot of cases, their hands are tied by legislation in that if Parliament does not legislate certain things. There's nothing that they can do about it. So I understand where a lot of people are disappointed, but they are rigidly governed in some instances by Parliament. Okay. Um, but uh, telecommunications uh, is governed by the uh, the Act and uh, yes. uh, is are there improvements that you're hoping that will take place in that regard? I hope and pray that the telecommunication, the large telecommunications companies such as Bell and Rogers will, you know, start finally to take things seriously and stop trying to duck their responsibilities. Recently we saw something to do with audio description and them saying, well, we can't do this because it's 
the timeline is too tight and this and to me and I, I hope I'm wrong, they always seem to be coming up with a reason as to why they can't do something. Mm-hmm. Well that needs to stop. Yeah. You know? And that governs the internet as well too here in this country, does it? Um, I think it does. It yeah. Does, yeah. So websites need to be um, continue to be made more accessible. Definitely. I mean, a lot of companies, their websites are not accessible. And this, this is a very huge challenge to persons with special needs because it means we cannot uh, do things on our own independently and we have to give up our privacy and our confidentiality in order for a sighted person to help us. And this should not be so. I mean, like, companies ought to make their websites more accessible so that we can do things for ourselves. Right. And with regard to transportation, um, it'll be the interprovincial and and national, like Cross Canada, um, companies like uh, Via Rail, and uh, Greyhound that will fall under and the, the fair. Via Rail, yes. I'm not too sure about Greyhound. I, I, I don't want to say yes or no. I'm not sure. Okay. It might fall under, but I'm not sure. But Via Rail for sure and all of the airlines mm-hmm. um, would have to adhere to this. Right. Yeah. Do you think that that, uh, with regard to the airlines, that will take in. Uh, uh, just uh, national, like cross Canada flights, or will that also take in international? You know, I'm not sure about the international flights. I know for sure it will take in the domestic flights. It might apply to international flights as well if it originates in Canada. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. that, that's good. Yes. And. Um, it was uh, good that the uh, federal government uh, decided to accept all of the amendments that the uh, the Senate uh, wanted uh, in the act, uh, even after the House of Commons had uh, had approved the act, and the uh, it went to the Senate. And I think that, yes, I think it was a good thing. I mean, there are other things that we had hoped would have been included, but were not. But the important thing is that the act is here, and now we can work on it um, to make improvements. You've got to start somewhere, and the important thing is that the act is now law. Yes. And uh, how does what does the uh, review process look like? How often will we uh, will the government revisit this and uh, and accept submissions from people? I'm not sure. I'm not sure of that. I think right now they're working out a lot of different things. They're looking for persons to um, join certain committees that would be monitoring the government. They also are looking to hire 5,000 persons with disabilities over the next five years. So they've got a lot of work to do. But again, it all depends on who forms the next government. If the Liberals are re-elected, we feel confident that they will continue in the mode that they have set for themselves. Um, if they're not elected, I don't know what 
another government would do, whether they would cut back on things or, you know, what's going to happen. Do you suppose that other party leaders will tip their hand as to what they will or won't do prior to the upcoming election? I don't think that they will, but, you know, we can safely say that if it is a PC government, they're not going to be as accommodating as this government has been. Yeah. Don't have a record of... Their record for, for dealing with disability issues is not as healthy as this government's record is. Right. So if people want more information about the Act, I mean, we could go on talking forever about the uh, nine recommendations that the, the Senate made with regard to uh, amendments and and that sort of thing and, and how you go about uh, applying for some of these jobs that are going to be available. Uh, but if people want more information about all of that sort of thing, is there a spot where they can go? You know what I would suggest? I would suggest phoning 1-800-O-Canada and go start from there and force them to tell you where to go. That would be the best way. I think a lot of people are still not comfortable going on the Internet and searching for stuff. But if you phoned 1-800-O-Canada, I am sure it would be a great starting point. Or go to your MP. Ah, yes. Go to your MP. Right. Either before or after the election. Correct. Yeah. Correct. As a matter of fact, if you go before, you might actually get a better reception. <laughs> you might. You never know. But, you know, they need to be... They need to be put to work, you know, ask them the relevant questions and see what they come up with. That's right. Yeah. Um, as I say, we could go on forever, but is there anything else that uh, you wanted to mention uh, that uh, you feel is, uh, you know, of real importance? I can't think of anything right now, Devin. I think that, you know, everybody is waiting and watching to see what happens. I mean... The act has just been passed, and now we wait to see what a new government would do. You know, if this government is re-elected, we, we wait to see if they will continue with what they have promised to do. If it is not this government, then we wait to see what a new PC government would do. Do you, do you think um, that this is a good thing to refer to during all candidate uh, debates? Definitely. You know, put them on the spot. Ask them, what are your opinions? What will you do if your party is elected? How familiar are you with the Accessible Canada Act? See what they have to say. All right. Uh, keep uh, reminding them that uh, we'll be there after the election. Yep. And we'll want to uh, have some results and some action. Definitely so, yeah. Donna, thank you very much for talking with us. My pleasure. And that was Donna Jodhan, who was one of the people who uh, spearheaded the uh, Canada Accessible Canada Act. One, one of the many things that makes Canada one of the best countries in the world. Yep, you bet.
Actually, yeah. I've got an article here that says that based on quality of life, Canada is number one. This was uh, published in USA News. Oh, super. Neato. Wow. Yeah. Imagine USA News publishing yeah. something like that, eh? Yeah, Sweden's number two and Denmark's number three. Cool. That's great. Something to be proud of, that's for sure. All right. And speaking of Canada, we have uh, Stomping Tom singing Cross Canada. C-A-N-A-D-A. Tell me, what's a Douglas fur? C-A-N-A-D-A. Bet you never heard a bobcat purr. C-A-N-A-D-A. Have you ever seen a lobster crawl? In Canada, we get to see them all. We get to see the maple trees, maple sugar and the maple leaves. We got the biggest wheat fields growing tall. In C-A-N-A-D-A, where we see the reversing falls. In Canada, we get to see them all. C-A-N-A-D-A, tell me what's a tidal bore? C-A-N-A-D-A, have you ever heard the ocean roar? C-A-N-A-D-A, just listen to that wild goose call. In Canada, we get to see them all. We get to see the maple trees, maple sugar and the maple leaves. We got the biggest timber wood so tall. In C-A-N-A-D-A, where adventure ever calls. In Canada, we get to see them all. C-A-N-A-D-A, have you ever heard of Maple Creek? C-A-N-A-D-A, bet you never seen a mountain peak. C-A-N-A-D-A, in the land of the big snowball. In Canada, we get to see them all. We get to see the maple trees, maple sugar and the maple leaves. We got the biggest wheat fields growing tall. In C-A-N-A-D-A, where we see the reversing falls. In Canada, we get to see them all. C-A-N-A-D-A, have you ever seen a magnetic hill? C-A-N-A-D-A, or a lady on a dollar bill? C-A-N-A-D-A, bet you never seen the autumn fall. In Canada, we get to see them all. We get to see the maple trees, maple sugar and the maple leaves. We got the biggest timber wood so tall. In C-A-N-A-D-A, where adventure ever calls. In Canada, we get to see them all. I say in Canada, we get to see them all. And that was Stomping Tom with uh, Cross Canada. And we were just talking in the break there during the song about, Devin, you've been across the country, hey? Uh, yeah, there are some provinces I haven't been to, and I'd love to go to the territories. And the one province I have not been in at all is Newfoundland and okay. Labrador, and I'd love to do that. Right. And uh, I was at the uh, Spring Hill Mine Disaster Museum uh, for a short period of time, and uh, that, of course, is where Anne Murray is from. Oh. And uh, while we were there, somebody said, she's here, she's here. And I said, who's here? She said, Anne Murray, of course, who else? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so anyway, we got to uh, speak briefly with her and her mom. That was fun. Mm -hmm. And I've been on the Magnetic Hill in New Brunswick. Oh, yeah. I, if I'm 
If I remember correctly, you have to face your car so it's facing downhill and then turn off the motor and it starts pulling you up up the hill. The, I, I don't, I mean, I wouldn't even dare to guess how that works. Well, I mean, holy cow, a lot's a lot, that's a lot of magnetism. Yeah. <laughs> so that's another way you can, you can observe Canada without seeing it. Uh, what about the coasts? You've been out there? I've been, yes, I've been to PEI, and uh, I was just saying to Simon that I do not have a sense of smell, but when we were very near the ocean on Prince Edward Island, I could feel the sting of the salt air in my nose. And it, it's a very interesting experience. Yeah, you, uh, can, you can totally tell whether you're next to the ocean or salt water, mm -hmm. sorry, or uh, fresh water, right? Yeah, yeah. And I've been out uh, to, uh, in uh, BC, it's in Stanley Park, and uh, I can still hear the birds in my head. My goodness, what a noise they made. You wouldn't believe that there could be that many birds, but uh, it just about freaked my dog out. But yeah. <laughs> that was a number of years ago when I had uh, my uh, first guide dog, Sally. Okay. Oh, the many ways to uh, to experience Canada. Oh, definitely. Well, I think it'd, it'd be nice if we took a moment to, I guess, acknowledge a, a very special someone. Uh, every year in Peterborough, the Gordon and Arby Hollenbeck Award is handed out, and it's given to a person whose volunteerism helps to enhance the lives of people with disabilities in Peterborough. So this goes to somebody who works with organizations or committees who, who focuses on accessibility, who directly impacts the lives of people with a variety of forms of disability, and to works to improve the accessibility of our community. And every year they have nominations, and every year they choose one special person. Uh, and this year, uh, we're very fortunate to have uh, the Hollenbeck Award winning uh, Devin Wilkins right here in the room. So, hey, Devin, congratulations. Thanks very much. Uh, so how was the ceremony? How did that go? It was, uh, it was very short. Uh, we uh, were in the uh, council chambers, and um, the uh, mayor introduced the award, and uh, the uh, daughter of uh, Gordon Holmbeck was there, Gloria Hatter, in spite of what it says in the newspaper. Her name is Hatter. <laughs> I know that because we were talking about a friend of mine said to her, you mean like the mad, mad Hatter? And she said, yep, just like that. So I know it's Hatter. And That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've got the picture right here. It's it's a fantastic photo of Devin and the mayor and, and of Gloria. And she doesn't look like a Mad Hatter, so <laughs> she looks like a happy lady. Oh, she was a very And so nice do you. Lady. You look like a really happy lady in I this was. picture. I was, yes. Very Still cool. am. Of course. Yeah. So congratulations. Thank you very much. Hopefully that'll be just some more encouragement to keep doing the great stuff that you're doing. Oh, I, I will uh, do that. Um, I really, I've been here in Peterborough seven years and I really love it. And uh, so that's certainly encouragement enough to keep uh, doing whatever. And when it comes to next year, I mean, it's it's really kind of nice to get acknowledged that, you, that you've done some great stuff. So... I mean, who's going to be getting it next year? We've got to make sure we, we, we choose somebody as deserving and, and somebody who, uh, let, let's, let's shine the light on somebody who needs that. that. That would be great, right? We've got to raise up that community of folks. Oh, yeah. Um, I 
uh, we'll have the honor of sitting on the selection committee for next year if I want to, and I want to. <laughs> yep. And uh, so we'll see who the next recipient will be. Right on. So when, when the time comes, get your nomination forms in, folks, and uh, recognize somebody who's making a difference in our community. Uh, we'll try to f- make sure that we tell you well in advance when the uh, nominations will be accepted. So that'll be terrific. There are a lot of people doing wonderful work here in uh, this area. And uh, so we'll definitely uh, let you know. Perfect. Okay. Uh, we're proud of Canada, Devin? What y- do you th- yeah, uh, that's uh, by... Um, Mark Kenny. Uh, yeah, Mark Kenny and his uh, Western Gentleman. And uh, this is um, really goes well back into uh, the days of old-time radio. He used to uh, host the uh, Northern Elect- Electric Show. Northern Electric Show. And... Um, I guess they used to, he and his band used to travel around and play at various functions and that sort of stuff. So here he is, Mark Kenny and his Western gentleman with We're Proud of Canada. Forget the many duties to be met 
From broad Pacific swell Unto the shores of the Atlantic blue We're proud of Canada Stand fast and keep it free That was We're Proud of Canada with Marty, Mark Kenny and his Western gentleman. Well, I was hoping that I'd have a chance to speak prior to today with Gloria Hatter and talk about the history of the award, uh, but uh, we weren't able to do that for this week, but we will uh, in um, future shows because, after all, it is as significant and... Uh, um, then, or it will be then, as it is now. So we'll we'll fit that in. Instead, uh, I thought maybe what we could do is uh, replay um, a chat that I had with Leslie Yee about a device called eSight, and uh, that would be of particular interest to um, people who still have some remaining vision, and she'll explain to you um, when she uses it and that sort of thing, and when she finds it most helpful. So here's that uh, demonstration of eSight. As you know, from time to time, we like to feature specific technical devices, and uh, get people to demonstrate them, uh, who have used them and know what they're all about. And uh, this time we're going to talk about a device called eSight, and um, someone who has used that is Leslie Yee. Hi, Leslie. Hi, Devin. So tell me, what is eSight? So eSight is wearable technology where it's like a pair of goggles that go on in front of your prescription glasses. It's all built into the goggle though. It's not like you have to wear your glasses and then put this over top of it. Okay. So your prescription is built into the goggle itself and it's attached to a small battery and computer uh, module that sits on your side in a bag and um, it, it, there's a cable that goes from the goggle to the device itself okay. but it means you can get up and walk around and be able to look at things and uh, read things get details of things so it's designed for anybody with low vision who has lost their central vision so due to macular degeneration retinitis pigmentosa there's about 10 different 12 10 12 different conditions that 
um, people can get that this device would work for. So my understanding of how it works is it takes what you see through your peripheral vision and then replaces the holes in your central vision so it completes the picture for you rather oh. than your brain trying to complete the picture. Okay. So um, you can put this on and be able to see a person's face again that you normally can't see mm -hmm. or read a book or read a recipe, or do your bills, or pay your bills. You can work on the computer screen, or watch TV. You can even plug this in directly to the TV, and the TV then is right in your goggle. Oh, cool. And the same with your computer. You can plug it into your computer through an HDMI, and it, you can see the computer screen right on your goggle as well. Wow. And movement of your head will help give you some movement around the screen. Ah, as okay. opposed to having to move your mouse all the time. Yeah. You still need both, but um, you can also move your head sideways. Same with the TV. You can move your head left to right, up and down to be able to see all parts of the screen when it's magnified. Because you know when things are magnified, you see a smaller area of that object. Yeah. Right, because you're making it bigger. So in order to see a full TV screen, if you need to go to um, three or four times magnification, you're going to lose the outside of the screen. Ah, okay. So what this does, as you do that, as you're focusing in on the center of the screen, if you turn your head left, it'll move you to the left part of the screen, the right part of the screen, up and down. Mm -hmm. So they've incorporated that. That's a great technology to have incorporated in yeah. there. Yeah. So um, a couple of things that it's not. It's not... Uh, useful for someone like me who has no vision. That's right. You have to have some vision and in fact it works best for people uh, 20 over 800 would be iffy if it will yeah. even work for you ah. but roughly 20 to over 800 to 20 over uh, 60 I, I believe is what they kind of recommend. Okay. Um, so it really works great for people with low vision where they don't maybe necessarily need a cane or a guide dog or anything but they definitely struggle with not having that central vision mm -hmm. but their peripheral vision could be good so they just need to be able to see faces and read things and read signs and mm -hmm. this definitely will do that for you. Yeah. Uh, but it's not good for walking uh, mobility, is it? No, you don't actually use the eSight to walk. So the eSight flips up and down in front of your glasses. So when you're walking, you would flip it up. So you, it's, you can just move your eyes up to look through it, but then you move your eyes down to look through your prescription glasses yep. or underneath the goggle if you don't need prescription glasses uh -huh. and to, to walk because looking through the goggle, everything is magnified. So you might have it magnified to be able to read the sign at the end of the street. So if it's magnified that high, if you're walking, you'll, of course, lo lose your step because everything would look closer than it really is. Yeah, it would really mess up your depth perception, Exactly. Right? So yeah. you look through the bottom of the underneath the goggle, I should say, mm -hmm. through your prescription to do walking, which is normally what you do anyways. And yeah. we always use our peripheral vision to walk. We don't use central vision to walk. Now that's interesting. I did not know that. Yeah. So your central vision, which is the center of your eye, and it's the smallest part of your eye, is really there for getting details. Okay. So it's your reading. It's um, to read the license plate of a car, right. for example, to read a book, see a face. 
So that's your central vision. Uh, uh. And then walking around is the big picture stuff. Okay. So you use your peripheral vision in order to walk around. So that's why it's okay to walk without it. But to wear it when you're walking, it will allow you to walk down the street, look up and look through your goggle to read a sign, or read the bus that's coming towards you to find out what uh. bus it is. So you can see that it's your bus that you want to catch. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh-huh. That's great. Yeah. And what else will, will, will it help you read? Well, um, yeah, so you can sit, if you love to read novels, you can still sit down on, a, on your couch or your comfy chair with your book in normal position, which is mm -hmm. on your lap. Right. And you just put the magnification where you need it, and it will help you read. So the other thing that this device will do for, is it changes the color like a CCTV machine does. Mm -hmm. So it will, you can read in normal which is how you would normally see with all your colors and and it's fast it's not like you're looking at a video it actually feels like you're looking through glasses ah. although you're not you're really looking at a, a video it, there's a small camera in the front that's recording everything and it's so fast it's it's almost like it's at the same speed it's wow. the same time yeah but it can now change if you're reading or anything, you can change it to black on white, white on black, uh, yellow on blue, and uh, depending on how you see best. So if you mm -hmm. need to read something and you just need to change it to black on white, you can adjust that, sit and read it in mm -hmm. black on white. Now, if you were doing something like um, sewing or knitting, could you use it for that? Absolutely. So huh? anything where you need to see that detail or mm -hmm. look closely at something, definitely eSight will help you with that. Yeah. Not that you can't do those things without sight, but if you're not used to doing them without sight, it's good to have the magnification to use what uh, residual vision you have. Yeah, in fact, you know, if you have lost your sight or are losing your sight a little bit later on, mm -hmm. and it's hard to sometimes learn new technologies or learn new way of doing things. So literally by wearing eSight, the only thing you have to get used to is learning to just manage between the goggle part and walking around looking underneath the goggle part. Right. So it's learning mm -hmm. that which is very minor compared to learning new technology. Using the device is very easy and very straightforward. Mm -hmm. So um, if you yeah, so if you're older and you're losing your vision, you can wear eSight and carry on with your daily activities as if you hadn't lost your sight. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. it replaces your central vision. It puts all the detail back in there for you. Uh, would it help in the kitchen uh, with regard to measurement and stuff like that? Yes, because you can mm -hmm. read your measuring cups, your spoons. You can look at, open a drawer, look in it, and actually find things. Mm -hmm. and, yeah, rather than just feeling around for everything. Yeah. It, it definitely helps in the kitchen. Reading your recipes. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I often use mine in the kitchen. If I have to do something with a lot of reading, yeah. then it's so much easier than trying to do a handheld magnifier because right. this is this is hands-free yeah uh, there's a little case to carry the computer part in which I sling over my shoulder like cross chest you know yeah over mm -hmm. the shoulder I yeah. have the goggles on my head so my hands are completely free uh -huh. so I can go about do my daily routine and have the goggles on and uh, be able to read things and and pick things up and read them and yeah mm -hmm. yeah you don't have to worry about it and it's not a heavy device 
No, it's just it, the whole thing together is really under a couple of pounds. Yeah. Now the one I have is actually generation one, so it's one of the first model that hit the market because I've had mine for several years now, and since then they're now at generation three. So the computer pack is about half the size of mine. Wow. So it's even lighter, and the goggle part is a lot smaller. So mm -hmm. they're getting them closer and closer. They don't look like sunglasses necessarily, but they're closer and closer to that size. Oh yeah. Yeah, so uh -huh. they're much smaller and uh, more manageable as well that way yeah. too. And pro probably something we should mention is that they're made here in Canada. Yes, they were invented by a gentleman in, and I believe it's Montreal, mm -hmm. or the Montreal area, who's, he had two sisters who had star guards. And he, I guess as, as an engineer, he always said, someday I'll invent something for you to help you see. Yeah. And uh, it took him 10 years to get it to the stage of the one I have. Mm -hmm. And then uh, from there, it's just done really well. And now they sell to, I can't even tell you how many countries around the world. Wow, they that's to, super. Yeah, so they've, they've done really well. So it's come a long way in even a short time from when this first one was launched. Mm-hmm, that's great. Um, before we talk about where to go to, to get something like this, um, is there anything else that it, that it can do that we haven't talked about? Um, no, I think we've talked about everything okay. that it can do. I will say, though, that the new versions are even more clear and more crisp ah. than this current one. So. It, it's like all technologies, they yeah. get better and better, so they're getting smaller and sleeker, yeah. uh, crisper looking and uh, cleaner looking, um, even faster, I think, in the video streaming of it. Right. Even though I think mine is super fast, it's yeah. probably even faster, so it's, uh, it, it's seamless. Right. A little bit more, yeah, so it, I, I will mention that, that uh, the newer ones are really good. Now, can you get this uh, eSight through the assistive devices program? No, unfortunately you cannot. Mm -hmm. And I do know they've been advocating to try to get it through that program, but yeah. they haven't been able to yet. So it is oh. something that you have to get out of your own pocket. Or a lot of people fundraise. They they do the GoFundMe page. Oh, yeah. And have raised money. And there's a lot of people out there raising money for people who need eSight. Uh, perhaps a group or an organization in your area can help you raise money for yeah. it. Uh, it is an expensive device. It's um, up and over ten thousand mm -hmm. dollars. Uh, so it, uh, you know, it it definitely does cost some funds. But like I said, you know, if you um, if if you have low vision and you're just struggling, really struggling with losing that central vision, this is something that can really help you. Super. And where do you get it? So you can look up eSight online. It's small, small e, then S I G H T. What was it like a hyphen between the? No, e? there's no hyphen. No. Oh, okay. No. All right. And um, if you just look up eSight, you'll see it very quickly. You can then call for an appointment. Of course, you would get an appointment to try it to make sure it works for you. It does not work for everybody. It depends on the disease that you might have yeah. or your eye condition, but um, or the amount of uh, acuity that you do have. So, um, but you definitely would make an appointment. 
um, and uh, try it out. And I know when I went for mine, I mean, I was able to take my time and, you know, try it out for a while. Yeah. Unfortunately, you can't just try somebody else's because my own prescription is built into it. Uh -huh. uh, but they'll modify the, the demo one to suit your own prescription. Oh, that's good. And then allow you to try it out. Yeah. Now, did you have to go to Montreal or did they come to you? Um, when I went, I met somebody in Toronto. Okay. Um, whether they come, they might be able to come to you, depends where you live. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. So, but making that phone call and setting up a, a time to uh, meet somebody is the best thing to do. All right. Okay. Is there anything else that we should be mentioning about it? Um, no, I think it, that pretty much covers everything. But yeah, right. it's, uh, you know, if, if somebody thinks that, um, the, the, the neat thing about this is it can replace a lot of assistive devices, uh, other items. Yeah. Yeah. So it might be something that if, if somebody is in, at the beginning stages of losing their vision, they might want to look at doing something like an e-sign before they invest in any other items right? and see if it works for you. And it, it has so much magnification in it. It grows with you. Uh -huh. So if you start losing your vision and you over the next five years, you're going to lose more vision. E-sight, you just increase magnification as you need it. Super. So it, yeah. it's not like it's it's only going to work for a year and not work. Mm -hmm. You know, unless something drastic happens to your eyesight. Right. Right. Yes. But yeah. if it's just the normal prog progression, then it's something that could last you for many, many years. So it's definitely worth looking into before you, as one of your devices, and yeah. it might be the device for you, and you then you don't need any other devices. Right. Yeah. And um, it comes with its own rechargeable battery? Yes, it does. I just plug it in and mm -hmm. it, it charges it right in the, the case. I never have to remove the battery or anything like Super. that. Eastside's also been very good with me with uh, and with most people that I've talked to for um, their aftercare service. Oh. So if I'm struggling, sometimes my eSight needs a tune-up. Uh -huh. <laughs> so yeah. um, what they do is they send me a temporary eSight. And uh, I just package all this up in that box and send it back to them. It's never costed me a cent. Wow. When they've, when they've done their tune-up, they've sent it back to me, and then I just send them back the again in that box yeah. and return it. But they make all the arrangements. So I've always had very been very well taken care of by the company for anything that they need afterwards. Good. Okay. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming to talk to us about eSight. You're welcome. Thank you. Right, that was a chat with uh, Leslie Yee about eSight, and uh, I know there have been a couple of uh, modifications since then, so um, if uh, you're thinking about purchasing a device like that, it is fairly expensive, but uh, it will let you do a, a whole lot of things. So back to some music, uh, Simon. And I think we've got another one by Stomping Tom that is dear to the hearts of people living in Peterborough. The Peterborough, are we doing the Peterborough Postman first or are we doing Alberta Bound? We can go Peterborough Postman. Here we go. All right. I see the programs on TV are getting better And the music on the radio is fine I've got lots of records, too, that I play and think of you, but that don't keep the worry from my mind. 
When the Peterborough postman passes by, I cry, and I wonder why we ever said goodbye. For I'm always home alone, but you don't even phone, and the Peterborough postman passes by. When the Peterborough postman passes by, I cry, and I wonder why we ever said goodbye. For I'm always home alone, but you don't even phone, and the Peterborough postman passes by. Sometimes I want to leave this town forever, but my heart won't let me go till you return. And when all the house is still, I sit beside my windowsill, waiting, watching, worried while I yearn. When the Peterborough postman passes by, I cry, and I wonder why we ever said goodbye. For I'm always home alone, but you don't even phone, and the Peterborough postman passes by. And the Peterborough postman passes by. Oh, the prairie lights are burning bright. Chinook windows are moving in. Tomorrow night I'll be Alberta bound. Though I've done the best I could, my old luck ain't been so good. And tomorrow night I'll be Alberta bound. No one I met could ever forget the Rocky Mountain sunset. It's a pleasure just to be Alberta bound. I long to see my next of kin to know what kind of shape they're in. And tomorrow night I'll be Alberta bound. Alberta bound, Alberta bound. Good to be Alberta bound, Alberta bound, Alberta bound. It's good to be Alberta bound. Alberta bound, Alberta bound, 
Good song. Oh, I do too. Alberta Bound with Gordon Lightfoot. So, Simon, I understand that you have uh, other plans for the summer. Yes, I'll be spending a lot of the time uh, from now until, I guess, August in uh, King Carden on the ocean. On, sorry, on Lake Huron. Beautiful, beautiful place to be. And uh, so I won't be able to, to be here in the, in the studio for the show. It's possible I'll have some pre-recordings, but, uh, but yeah, I think it's going to be mostly you, Devin. And uh, and whoever else I can find to uh, co-host with me. Yeah, and then I'm heading to Europe for, for August. Cool, that'll be great. Well, enjoy yourself, and uh, we'll see you hopefully in September. And uh, you and I will be in touch by email anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have a bit of a surprise for you folks to end uh, this particular show this Canada Day edition of Insight Peterborough. No Canada Day would be complete without. No, that's for sure. And uh, it doesn't matter what the weather is outside at this current moment or at any moment that you listen to this. Uh, You're going to have a fireworks display such as you have never seen. So have a good week, and I will see you next week. All right. Happy Canada Day, everybody, and I'll see you in the fall. Happy Canada Day.